0: You're listening to the Parachronical Almanac. From the North Pole and just outside of Santa's workshop, greetings and welcome to this Christmas edition of the Parachronicle Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. Well, before we begin, were you able to catch the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn this past Monday, otherwise being called the Christmas star? Being here in the Pacific Northwest, Rain spoiled the fun for us, as usual, and that seems to be the case every time there's some sort of celestial event, whether it's the aurora borealis or a meteor shower or a, a rare comet. The, the clouds tend to roll in and block the sky, and, you know, you're never able to really see much here in the Pacific Northwest. However, I did catch some of it on YouTube. Several universities were streaming their live feeds directly from their telescopes, a couple of which were really detailed. You were able to see the rings around Saturn, the rings on Jupiter, and sort of a pearl string of pearls around Jupiter, which were, of course, its moons, including, I think, one of the astronomers was saying one of those moons was Europa. So that was kind of neat and fun to watch. And while it wasn't with the naked eye, it was still really cool to see. Nevertheless, I hope you were able to check it out for yourselves and see the near merging of those two planets, at least from Earth's perspective. They weren't actually merging and crashing into one another. And if you did, feel free to drop us a line. We'd love to hear where you were viewing it from, what you saw, and maybe by luck, by chance, or by fate, maybe you saw something else up in the sky. You let us know what you saw. Now, as I record this, it is Christmas Eve in most parts of the world, and millions of children are just beginning to close their eyes in anticipation of Christmas morning. Indeed, there is very little that matches the excitement of seeing what Santa may have brought. Unless, of course, you're a a Star Wars fan and you happen to catch the season finale of The Mandalorian. No spoilers here. Absolutely none. But, oh my God, how cool was that? Right? That may be comparable to some. Anyway, I hope you're able to celebrate and spend time with family this year, and if not, that's okay. Next year is just around the corner with what I believe are bigger, brighter days ahead. I'm getting the chance to wind down a little and spend some time with family this year, and and thus this week's abbreviated episode. Christmas itself is not short of its own ghostly stories and associated legends. As a matter of fact, in many places around the world, Ghost stories are a big part of Christmas, so I thought for this week's program we'd take a quick look at some rumored ghost sightings that occur around Christmas time, and some other legends that add a bit of color to the usual holiday spirit and celebrations. And with that, let's jump right in. The Crescent Hotel is by far one of the most notoriously haunted hotels in the US. Located along the northern border of Arkansas near the Ozark National Forest, the hotel has been plagued by tragedy and ghost stories since it was first erected in the 1880s. While there are different legends and ghostly sightings associated with almost every square inch of the hotel's estate, one story continues to astonish visitors to this day. Allegedly, one year during Christmas time, visitors came to view the hotel's Christmas tree only to find that the Christmas tree and all of its packages were mysteriously moved to the other side of the room. This could have been a prank staged by the hotel staff or a visitor. However, the occurrence was accompanied by sightings of various phantom spirits dressed in Victorian era clothing, wandering aimlessly around the hotel's dining room. Some said the spirits appeared to be playful and they moved the gifts and furniture across the room as a joke. This was seemingly confirmed when the hotel staff reportedly returned the next day, only to find that everything was back exactly where it was supposed to be. The legend of the mistletoe bride has been retold for centuries and has taken many forms. While the story's true origin is difficult to determine, Many have come to believe its roots are in the disappearance of Lord Lovell's bride at the Bramshill House in Hampshire, England. Allegedly, Lord Lovell was preparing to wed a young woman related to Sir John Cope, the owner of Bramshill House. This was around Christmas time, so mistletoe hung throughout the mansion, inspiring the wedding party to play a game. The young bride-to-be would hide somewhere in the mansion. The groomsmen would all seek her out, and whoever found her first would get to kiss her. So the bride went to hide, and the wedding party sought to find her. However, the minutes turned to hours, and they could still not find her. Eventually, the game turned terribly serious, as no matter where they looked, she remained missing. Not until 50 years later did Lord Lovell, still seeking answer to his bride's disappearance, happen upon a secret closet in an upstairs room of the Bramshill house. Inside, he found a wooden chest sealed shut with a lock, and upon opening that chest, he found the nearly unrecognizable remains of his bride. If you're a child living in Iceland, you've probably been warned about the legend of Gríla. This giantess who lives in the mountains comes out of her cave in the wintertime, searching for naughty children. When she finds them, she boils them up in a stew and devours them as a tasty snack. Grela is the mother of 13 Yule lads who visit sleeping children on the 13 nights before Christmas. In some legends, the lads who have creepy names like Meat Hook and Window Peeper are just as awful as their mother and eat children too. Gryla didn't become associated with the Christmas season until around the 17th century. By that time, kids were so terrified by the idea of Gríla that the Icelandic government had to step in and ban the use of her legend as a parenting technique. Instead, she was rebranded and presented in a way that has her spreading holiday cheer. As to the Yule lads, now they just leave rotten potatoes if you've been misbehaving. The story of Sir Geoffrey de Mandeville is brimming with political betrayals. He held the title of Earl of Essex and was a prestigious European landowner during the 1100s. Because of his title, he had great influence over royal politics at the time. However, when a debate emerged regarding the rightful heir to the throne, he chose the losing side and was promptly stripped of many of his assets and excommunicated from the church. During his excommunication, Sir Geoffrey was slain on the battlefield, but because of his exile, he was not allowed a proper Christian burial, which many believe left his spirit trapped within the earthly realm. Rumor claims that Sir Geoffrey also left a curse on the properties he owned, stating that, should they ever be taken away from him, ruin would befall his betrayer, and every six years on Christmas Eve, he and a headless dog would haunt the lands draped in a red cloak. Ever since his demise, people who have visited the properties he once owned, particularly the Pimsbrook Bridge in East Barnet, have reported hearing strange sounds and witnessing the hazy image of a headless dog breaking through the fog, accompanied by a knight in full armor and a red cloak. Now imagine if Santa Claus had a sidekick who traveled around with him beating those who had misbehaved. Well, in France, St. Nicholas has Le Père Fouettard, whose name apparently translates to, quote, Father Whipper. Sure enough, Fouettard roams around northern France and parts of Belgium, whip in hand, to give a few lashes to kids who can't get their act together. The legend of Père Fouetat dates back to at least the 12th century. It's a tale about an innkeeper, or possibly a butcher, depending on which version of the tale you're reading, who murders and robs three boys on their way to a religious order. After killing them and stealing their money, the innkeeper and his wife chop the boys up into bits and make a stew of them to hide the evidence of the crime. When St. Nicholas figures out what happened, he resurrects the boys and the innkeeper, whose name is Fouetat, repents for his sins. As atonement, he accompanies St. Nicholas on his journey each year on December 6th. Fouyta is usually portrayed as having a very dark and sinister appearance, which is no surprise. Unkept and ragged with a long beard, he carries a whip or a switch to keep misbehaving children in line. On December 25th, 1890, a disturbing headline appeared on the front page of a Victoria, BC newspaper, The Daily Colonist. Quote, just as the clock was striking midnight, ushering in the joyous Christmas day, a misdeed as dark, cowardly, and mysterious as ever disfigured the history of this province. Well, the target who went by the name of David Fee was only 21 years old and had been walking to meet his parents for evening mass at the nearby church after attending a costume party. Dressed up in a white clown costume, Fee had just arrived at the corner where the cathedral sat when a a man burst from the shadows and aimed a double barrel directly at him. The man simply said, You challenged me. Well, before Fee could speak, the man fired and Fee perished within moments. Apparently, the man had confused Fee for another man. Ever since that tragic night, Fee's ghost is rumored to roam the streets outside the cathedral, as well as his gravesite. And finally, Belsnickel is considered to be a companion of St. Nicholas, and like many other similar legends, he's not a very nice guy. He shows up in dirty, ragged clothes made of skin and pelts, carrying a switch to beat misbehaving children with, although he does keep sweets and gifts in his pockets for children who have been good all year. The tale of Belsnickel originated in Germany's Rhineland area, but German settlers brought him to North America in the early 18th century, and there's still a popular tradition of the Belsnickel in parts of Pennsylvania, New York State, and Maryland. Belsnickel shows up in the weeks before Christmas to check out who's been naughty and who's been nice, and then he reports back to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, depending on which version of the legend you're reading. Also called Persnickel, Belsnickel, or Chris Krinkle, this creepy character is another anti-Santa, and you do well to make sure you're behaving and being good because you don't want to get hit with that switch. That is it this week, and I thank you for spending a few minutes with us on Christmas. I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, full of love, laughter, and perhaps, perhaps just a little bit of mystery. And as always, keep your eyes to the sky, whether it's for Santa Claus or something else, and know that here on Earth and in the universe, we are not Alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawk.